A new year, new hope. That was the front page of one of the national papers on the 31st of December, 2019. 2020, here we come, said another. Yes, another ran with the story of Prime Minister Boris Johnson hailing a new chapter for Britain, one that would bring in our decade of hope and glory. Well, those headlines haven't aged very well, have they? For many of us, 2020 has been one of, if not the most difficult and dark years of our lives. Among other things, 2020 has brought us the COVID pandemic, curfews and cuts, economic collapse, protests and clashes, a mental health crisis, and now for some complete confinement at Christmas. As I walked around Banbury Town Centre last week, I was struck by how much 2020 had taken its toll on our town centre. Local businesses had closed for good. Cafes were very few in number, if not completely empty. And of course, there were numerous masks that covered faces. It was a somewhat bleak picture. Compare that to last year when we were cramming into shops, crossing paths with friends and coming together relatively carefree. My biggest concern about Christmas 2019 was whether Aldi was running low in their stock of Panettone. We're all waiting for 2020 to end. We can't wait to see the back of it. And with 2020 finally cancelled, 2021, we hope, will bring in better days. Hopefully a, a safe vaccine for all, more scientific development, wiser leadership, business recovery, perhaps a return to things like cinemas and festivals and sporting events, maybe even an end to those masks on our faces. There is so much to look forward to in hope. The question is, how much can we or should we pin our hopes on 2021? How confident can we be that 2021 will wash away our troubles and restore what we've lost? Or is that just wishful thinking? None of us, after all, know what's round the corner. None of us uh, know what's coming next. So where, if anywhere, can we find hope? Hope that will last and sustain us, even in the midst of crisis, and uncertainty. Well, if any of that resonates with you or the end of 2020 has led to those types of questions, then there is genuinely good news for you this evening. Because wonderfully, the Christian hope is not a cross your fingers and hope for the best type of hope. It's grounded and established in something much more than mere wishful thinking something that's not undermined or disrupted by our frailties, something that cannot be changed or canceled. There is real and abiding hope offered to all of us this evening, this Christmas. And that hope was beautifully captured in the Old Testament prophecy we heard in our first reading. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. 
on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Well, tomorrow we will endure the shortest and darkest day of 2020. It's the winter solstice, when the daylight will last for a total of 7 hours, 49 minutes, and 42 seconds, to be precise. That's a full 8 hours, 49 minutes, and 38 seconds shorter than the daylight hours on the longest day of the year. But you see, tomorrow is a great milestone, because what it marks is the, the beginning of a, a new um, period, when the days start to get longer and the nights shorter again. Despite the dark and damp days of winter, it's only a matter of time when we will once again experience the joys of spring. Though it's not just the darkness of winter that affects us. You don't need me to tell you how our world is full of darkness. If 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we cannot self-isolate from suffering. We can't be vaccinated against pain or trouble. We are all mortal creatures who, as much as we try, cannot control what comes upon us, or indeed the harm we sometimes do to others. 2020 has proven just how divisive and frail we can be. Conflicts, old and new, have emerged even more visibly this year not just in the public sphere, but closer to home as well. We live in a world marred by both suffering and sin, by darkness. But this is the hope of Christmas. After darkness, there is light. A light has dawned. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There are so many ways we could reflect on those um, verses about the, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but let's briefly just consider three, um, three of those things, three expressions of hope for us today. The first is this, there is hope in the son given to us. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. You see, the Christian claim is that Jesus is God the Son incarnate. He is light from light, he is God from God. That means he is both one who is uncreated and one who is freely sent into creation to assume, to take on our humanity. In other words, he was sent to us from outside us. This is not a human construct or a product of human imagination or a projection of human hopes. The claim is to those in darkness, light has been given. And that's really important because it demonstrates the sheer goodness of God. You see, he chooses to reveal himself to the world he made. He freely gives to us out of his love. Not that he needs us, he wants us. Which is why the angel says to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary, 
you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. The child will be given to you. His arrival is an act of God's grace, of God's favor. Not only is God good, this episode also demonstrates how God is not limited like us. Mary was a virgin, yet she was promised a son, a son who would be both the son of God and the son of Mary. The one who fills all of creation and brings it into being is also going to be located in her womb. How will this be, she says? And the angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. God acts in ways that are seemingly impossible. The incarnation, the teaching that God the Son truly assumes our humanity is right at the heart of the Christian faith. If it's untrue, by the way, the whole of the Christian faith falls down. But if, if it is true, it shows us just how much God brings about things that we cannot and just how much he cares for us. That's such a comfort because it means that he's never in the dark like we are. He never acts on a whim. He always works out of his perfect goodness and in his immeasurable power. The son given to us means that we can always place our hope in his light, which he freely gives. So there is hope in the Son given to us. Second, there is hope in the Son given for us. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's been another very, very difficult weekend in the life of our nation. The Christmas that we'd all hoped for hasn't quite materialized, and all of us, I'm sure, are feeling very saddened um, about not being able to gather around the Christmas table and meet with those that we love. It's not through lack of trying. Scientists have worked tirelessly throughout the year. Um, they've been trying to catch up with a virus that doesn't slow down for our sakes. It continues to mutate and change. There are so many unknowns. The government continues to issue decrees and guidance, but despite the optimistic speeches back in March, they've just not been able to find an effective approach to beat the virus. People continue to disagree about the strategy for preserving the health and well-being of people in our communities. Approved vaccines are a welcome and much needed source of protection against COVID, but they can only do so much. Sadly, as we all know, people continue to get sick and people continue to die. The truth is, we're always at risk of that, with or without COVID. And whether it's the Brexit negotiations, social or racial unrest, environmental 
re regulations or disagreements much closer to home. Conflicts mar our nation. They mar our world and they mar our home so often all around us. There is so much reason to feel hopeless. Yet there is hope, real hope, lasting hope in the one given for us. Did you notice he was called the wonderful counselor? Unlike even the most brilliant of scientists, he possesses unique and inexhaustible wisdom. He never fails to speak good. He never fails to speak words of help and comfort, words that give life. He's called mighty God. He retains unlimited power and authority. The government of the world, let alone our nation, is upon his shoulders. The same power that brought things into being works unceasingly to establish his just and righteous rule. He's the everlasting father. That is, he's not concocted or produced in a lab. He's the very source of enduring life. And he's the prince of peace. He's the one who restores, who heals, and promises to bring people into his kingdom where we enjoy peace and reconciliation with God and with one another. The hope of Christmas is not in the sentimentality of the season. We'll only be disappointed if we put our hope in the things that change and fail. Contrary to today's papers, Christmas is not lost. It's not been canceled. The hope of Christmas is grounded in the reality that God the Son has come and has been given for us that we might truly know him and receive the life and blessing he brings in himself. There is hope in the Son given to us and in the Son given for us. Finally and briefly, there is hope in the Son who comes to be with us. When the Notre Dame um, fire broke out last year, the images uh, spread around the world very quickly. And for me, one of the most striking images and enduring things of that disaster came a couple days later after the fire had been put out. It showed the blackened and devastated inside of that most magnificent building. Almost nothing remained except for one thing. In the center of the photograph of that ruined interior of the Notre Dame stood a large golden cross. The reason it remained is because gold has a higher melting point than those other materials that burnt up. But the image, the image provided a hope-filled symbol that all was not lost. Likewise, the Christmas nativity is a, a scene, a portrait of hope. It looks ordinary and fragile, a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. It took place in hiding because the authorities were trying to kill the baby off. But what it depicts is how Jesus Christ, who is the eternal son, was born 
into our dark and broken world. He truly came among us. He became like us in every way except for sin. In his humanity, he lived through all the joys and struggles that we face and even went willingly into the darkness of death as a representative for us, of us, so that in dying we might rise with him and enjoy his light and his life and his peace now and forever. That is the Christian hope. So as much as people talk about saving or canceling Christmas, the truth is that Christmas saves us. And not even COVID can cancel it because Christ has already come. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So with heartfelt confidence in all these hope-filled realities, and in the midst of much sadness and grief, we at St. Paul's nevertheless wish you a very happy Christmas. Amen.